Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. We ask and we say, there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. We say there is no confusion in this atmosphere. That our minds can comprehend the mysteries of his grace, the riches of his love. And there is clarity and much precision here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Alright. Bible Eminotics. Bible Eminotics. And there is something I explained to you in 1 Timothy 3 verse 1 to 2. I said, a preacher of the gospel must be apt to teach. That is, he must have the ability to explain. You must have, see, it must be part and parcel of you to explain the scriptures. You must not get tired of explaining the scriptures. And what Paul was saying in that first Timothy verse 3, 3, 1 to 2 was, he was not refined to an ability to talk well. Ah. So you are not right or oratory skills. He was refined to an ability he received via training. Via training. Via training. Second Timothy 2 verse 2, 2, 2, 2. The things which thou hast learnt. No, Second Timothy 3.14, sorry. Second Timothy 3.14. Continue in the things which thou hast learnt, knowing of whom thou hast learnt it from. So, you don't go around life or your spiritual growth with your own understanding. You have to have, you ought to have a teacher. Somebody who will put you through the scriptures. You can't just know the scriptures like that. The disciples didn't. You can't. <laughs> the disciples didn't. You can't. So, you have to be astute. With the scriptures, you see in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, it says, The things which he has heard, learned from Paul, it should commit the same thing to faithful men, which shall be able to teach others also. And one question I want to ask yourself is, Are you a faithful man? Can I commit my message into your trust to do the same? And I would not be scared and say, Hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, hope this person will not gonna say rubbish. Come. You should be able to be that person that your preacher or your pastor or your leader or your teacher would have peace of mind over. And say, oh, let the person teach. I trust the person. This person will do well. You should be that person. Timothy was that person. And Timothy committed the same message to faithful people. So, the Bible teacher must be trained. This is a training ground. This is not a place where you want to come and rap about. It's a training ground. It's a school. The Bible teacher must be trained in how to interpret the text of the scripture. My work as your teacher should be able to, all of you should be able to understand how to walk through the scriptures carefully. That's why we are studying this Bible Eminotics. We need to, Bible Eminotics simply means Bible interpretation. I don't know if you know that. It's just grammar. <laughs> we just have to, to, 
two, two sheets. We had a two sheet up. But the Bible everything simply means Bible and its interpretations. Do you get it? <coughs> Abraham, do you understand? Yes, <laughs> so the Bible teacher must be trained in how to interpret the text of the Bible. And you must understand how to do it. And notice. And that ability is not by just oh, they taught me. No. It should be it should be because you are well trained. You know it well. Just the same way you came out of KG, kindergarten, and you know how to write one, two, three, and you were confident. You ran up to your mother. Say, now nah, I can write one, two, three to ten. That's the confidence you should have in understanding the scripture. You should see when you are well trained and you see, let me tell you one thing I, I want you to guys to do this year. Don't allow the training, allow the training soak deep on your inside. It's going to be rigorous. You are not going to like it. Yes, I'm telling you the truth. Especially this year, you won't like it. You are not going to enjoy, but a light pass through, a light enter you. Do you know why? It is on a long run. Do you get it? But I call it. <laughs> a light enter you. Let it sink deep on your inside. Do you get it? So that when you stand later on to talk, you say, no, I'm not. Personally, me, I know. I'm not a big though. I'm not trying to boast. Me, I'm not a big though. Ah. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm not a big I'm not even still where I am, where I want to get to. I'm not there. I'm not even close there. But with the little I have, I'm not a big. If you would have trained us, trained us where? I'm not to. Ah. Eh? No. Are you getting me? So that when you start to carry the scriptures, you will not be saying, hey Jesus, how will I talk? Um, Okay, let's just open our Bible to you know that I'll be like me when I was younger. My best scripture in preaching, I don't know if you know that scripture. Isaiah 59. The lost hand is not short. That your iniquity has separated you from the Lord. Brethren, it's only your iniquity that separates you. Brethren, if you have any sin, now begin to confess it. Someone has finished. Everybody will start. <laughs> <laughs> Iniquity. Any iniquity. That word now became one sacred word. Iniquity. Iniquity. That was my message, Isaiah 59. Brethren, why do you think God is not answering your prayer? Your iniquity. Brethren, why do you think your worship is not going to God? Your iniquity. <laughs> Just imagine you gather crowd, crowd, and everything you are telling them, your iniquity. Brethren, bow your heads, begin to cry. If people did not cry in your sermon, you have, ah, you have, you have not, you have not, you have not finished preaching. You will wake them back again. Brethren, it's like you don't understand. <laughs> After you have told them to bow your heads, probably they pray, pray. You don't see tears. You check around. You open your eyes. You do like this. You check around. Ah, what's going on? Brethren, wake up. 
BJ, it's like you don't understand. This iniquity. How will we be in sin? Your iniquity. Somebody say, oh, oh. He said, yes. That's the sign. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> you are that you have somebody has to sob. He's always not sob. So after service, you're not gonna meet the brother or the sister that it's always a sister that has to sob. No yeah. Christ, it's always a sister. Brothers, it will any iniquity that wants to iniquity me, I'm ready for the iniquity. <laughs> so you're not gonna meet the sister after service. Sister, how are you? I'm fine. That message touched me. It has to. It has to touch you. <laughs> Why did I preach? <laughs> I preached so that it will touch you. <laughs> I remember those times. <laughs> One of those messages I was preaching to. Queen was in that service too that time. <laughs> Queen now lifted up her hands and asked me. So, you know, Queen now asked one question. Say, so, you mean the, the question she asked, you know, I could not, I did not have a response. I was like, ah, God punish this woman being today. So you so you came here to disgrace me, even me, your friend. You just came to disgrace me and asked me tough question. Ah! You know, when you, you know when you don't have answers like that, you use grammar. You see, so you just you know, go to Genesis Center, Exodus. <laughs> I said so. Um, a, a small brain too. She didn't understand too. <laughs> she didn't understand what I was doing. I said so. You know, I, I cannot be embarrassed. They never. <laughs> she said. I just say, ah, you know, the, the answer is this, um, you, we use the scriptures and the, the, the word of God is, say, I just, uh, in my own head, me, I just say, that's not the answer. She to say, hmm. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh, <my. laughs> oh, God. You can you have to be well trained. You see, over the years, when we now came to much light, of the gospel, when we now stand to teach, ah, he try us like this. You know, I have a friend. His name is Ayomide. Too interestingly, his name is he, 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 he has he has my name. I was telling my friends, my other friends, this 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 Nigeria. I said when I first met this guy, I hated him. Ah, the guy used to act like he's the only one that knew revelation knowledge. Every little thing. No, that's not the right contest. You know, you just you would think. You know, let's say me now, I thought I've written something and I've explained something. Say, hey, Muji, this line, you, you could have used the word as instead of is, so that you won't be breaking. Ah, God punish you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> What's your stress? You mean, after all this knowledge, you still want to say, no, there's a way we check it. So when, I was not, when we're not joking around and explaining things, and I said, I was not telling my friend, he said, he said he, he, he was not saying he said he used to do that thing because ah he knows this thing well. He said now nah, he has calmed down that today even if everyone is making mistakes, always say glory, glory, <laughs> glory. <laughs> We've been there before. <laughs> Praise God. So you have to be well trained. You being well trained and you knowing it gives you confidence. See, if you are well prayed up, let me give you an instance or something. Imagine you are well prayed up to go preach. Do you know you won't fidget too much? It's not as if you are relying on your prayer, but you are trusting on God. But you know, I won't pray though. Do you get it? 
Yeah, I pray now. What's what's going to happen? You have to be well trained. You really have to. Praise God. So, lack of training is what has bought much of false teachings. You know, if you did not hear me well now in this Bible in Minotics, you will go and carry what I've said now and go and say, ah, the Bible is not original. What is written in the Bible is not true. You know, that's where it is to start. You know, you just say, ah, this is not the original manuscript. I just feel there's, there's a way we can just do ah, what you what you know. If you quote me, me I will must quote you. <laughs> That's what I said though. <laughs> so lack of training as what is what has brought much of false teachings and much of false practices in the body of Christ. So a preacher or a Bible teacher must do what? Must pay attention to details. Details with me. How did I? How did your teacher explain it? Details with me. How was his grammar? How was his context? Let me give you an instance about how I preach. How of you know that there's a way I preach prayer, and it's different from the way I teach in normal, in normal, in a normal way. Except, how of you know? I don't know if I've noticed it. There's a way I teach when I'm teaching on prayer than when I'm teaching on normal Bible study. Yeah. I don't know if you not, I've noticed that. Yeah, louder prayer. Eh? You say what? Yeah, louder. I'm louder when I'm teaching prayer, but when I'm teaching on normal, I'm calmer and just... Yeah. Uh, but when I'm teaching prayer, I'm faster, louder, and yeah. when I'm... Teaching normal Bible study, I'm just chill and everything. And it's as though I don't joke too much when I'm teaching prayer, right? Now, where did I pick it from? I learnt it. When Reverend Naika is teaching much on prayer, he doesn't joke too much. If he jokes, he just pick joke, joke here and there. But he's focused. And he's louder and faster. It's just being common. It's just common sense. When he wants to do a series on prayer, then that's when it calms down. But if it's a short one hour message, oh, it's that's boost. Bridget, when do we pray? Uh-huh. That is it. <laughs> After you are done, you cannot but not want to pray. <laughs> it's just like when we went to WCC, right? As he just started, he just said, Okay, we have come. When do we pray? Ah. <laughs> We look around, it's like we have died to do. <laughs> I look back because me and my friends, we don't sit down together. I, I look back, my friend, my friend is like this. <laughs> Where do we pray? I liked it. I just saw it as a pattern. That when you want to teach prayer or tell all people in prayer, you don't joke too much around. That's, that, that's how to be trained. So I picked it. That's why you, when you listen to Stability in Prayer, especially track 12, you know that's not a joke. Because the main that was why immediately when I taught that prayer, what, what was the next response? Go and pray. And I gave people an assignment to go and pray for some hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Because that was the pattern. I remember somebody told me I listened to that message five times and I prayed. Bro, call is finished. You say <laughs> he called me the next morning. Say, ah. I said, Why did you ah, you are weak too early? He said, Ah. <laughs> he said, Ah, I cannot sleep. Oh. I said, Why? He said, Ah. I just finished listening to your, your message of prayer. 
And you said that if you sleep and you catch us. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I thought I, I I had some friends who told me they listened to that message in Nigeria and they said when we we said when the, the, the tone of the message itself as as a way to to build up a prayer anger in you. Do you get it? So where did I learn that from? I just learned it by just paying attention to details. Is that something you would have taught me and say when you want to teach prayer, be loud? No. He didn't say that. Reverend Nika never said such a statement. But just by being paying attention to details, I just know how to do it. So when you watch things, how did they explain this? What was the example? What was given? How did your teacher dissect this text? You pay so much attention to details. So when you are now with your disciples, you know what to do. So when you now want to teach prayer to your disciple, and they see you shouting, they say, "Ah, sister, come, be, let's be coming down." <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You pay attention to the day. So that is how to commit the message to faithful men. You will notice when you listen to stability in prayer, right? Track 1 to track 10 doesn't have too much. It's because I was explaining things. But that track, I think track 9 and track 12 is where the prayer rise was there. Just because I wanted you people to pray. But all that part, I was explaining prayer. Do you get it? That's, if you listen to why we pray aloud, you will notice that my toe was on the eye. Especially the ending part. Let's pray. Me say when I ate it, I tell ah, guy, I decrease. <laughs> Praise God. That is how it. So it's just being, it's just paying attention to details. A Bible teacher, and as you are one, you pay attention to details. Do you get it? Do you understand? So you must be trained and taught the art of Bible interpretation. You must be trained. You must be taught the art of Bible interpretation. You can't just take away Bible interpretations like that because you must be taught how it is. And I explained to you the previous times I said the Bible was written in three languages. I don't know if you can remember. Aram Hebrew, Aramaic, and the Koine Greek. Jesus spoke what? Aramaic. And I told you that Aramaic is like something like the pidgin language of our today. When we say pidgin in English is those things, and I said that that Aramaic is like it's something that was said but could not be written, so they needed to translate it to read English. And I give you an example of how you did, how you did, <laughs> or waiting they sup, waiting they sup. <laughs> so it has to be translated. It's only Brother Collins that can write all of those things. Well. <laughs> we glory be to God. <laughs> Alright, rules governing Bible interpretation or Bible hermeneutics. Rules governing Bible interpretation. What are the rules governing it? The objective language is communication. The rules governing Bible interpretation is such that 
The objective of language is communication. What is the main goal of language? To be able to communicate. So, when one thing was written down, what was the essence of it being written down? So that we can communicate it. Does it make sense to you? Oh, shoot. Are you sleeping? Let me explain again. The objective of language is what? Communication. So, when we see something written down, what is the essence? To communicate it. So, that is, the interaction between the author and the writer, the mode of communication, would, which would convey the thoughts and the intention of the, of the author and the responder. Now, we explain to you, I will explain to you, I will explain to you, calm down. <laughs> because I know Tony's already on like, I'll come in, I'll get it again. <clears throat> the objective of language is communication. And we must understand some interactions. What interactions are we to understand? Number one, we must understand the interaction of the writer. I want to explain to you how you can understand the Bible now. How do you understand some things? You must understand the interaction of, number one, the writer. What is the intention of the writer? I'm telling you how personally I think when I read the scriptures. And these are the rules I learned over time. Remember, you learn, you pass it down, you learn, you pass it down. Do you get it? The text, number two, the text and its construction. Remember, Bible, church is a what now? School. So, are you, are you seeing that you are learning basic? You are learning. Somebody in church said one time, when busy, he said, You feel like church had passed no school. <laughs> The text and its construction. How was the text written? How was it constructed? And number three, the reader and his appraiser of both. So now, another issue will be you, the reader. And how did you appreciate both the writer's intention of the text and the construction and the presentation? I'll come again. The, write, the reader, how do you appreciate the writer's in intention of the text? How you appreciate the writer's intention of the text, its construction, and presentation? Its construction and presentation. So I'll come again. The writer and his intention. The text and its construction, the reader and its appraiser of both the writer's intention in the text, its construction and presentation. I'll come again. The writer and his intention, the text and its construction, the reader and its appraiser of both the writer's intention in the text and its construction and presentation. So, the meaning of a text will be based on those three. The meaning of a text will be based on those three. So, when we say a text now, we can say a verse of scripture will be a, a, a chapter or something. We'll get there. 
to understand that place, it will be based on these three. So, a lot would depend on our Bible interpretation. A lot is going to depend on it. How do we, how do we appreciate the writer's intention, the text and its construction, the reader, and you the reader, how would you read it? How would you appreciate the writer's intention? So, I want to explain something to you about the writer. And let me give you a breakdown story. These are things I learned and I want to make you learn it. You know, the Bible is written in such a way that they did not foresee the intended audience. They did not foresee the overall audience. Now, listen to me. The Bible was written in such a way that... Okay, let's, let me give you an example. The first five books of the Bible, who was he written to? The Israelites. Did they force, did Moses foresee that you will be reading it today? No, 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 you're not getting me. He wrote those things as laws and remembrance of their history, their genesis. He wrote those laws, Exodus, of what should they should do in the promised land when they get to Canaan. He wrote those laws because of the hardness of their heart and everything and to permit them. But did he foresee that we will read it today? No. Okay. Let's do another one. When Paul was to write to Church of Colossae, did he foresee that our own church will be reading it today? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Or the Church of Ephesus. The letter to the Church of Ephesus was a general letter. Let me just give you this as a, as a background, as just a person. The letter to the church of Ephesus was a general letter. Ephesus just claimed it. So there was nobody who was writing it to in general. It was just a general letter that flew around and Ephesus claimed it as their own. <laughs> as Patimuti the Shama. <laughs> so now, look at, look at, let's look at Corinth. Letter to the church of Corinth. Do you know that? Paul was simply writing to the church of Corinth, not having you in mind. Because that was their problem. That was why he would say, eh, I couldn't write unto you as unto babes as unto Canada. It was he he was talking to. <laughs> he was talking to the church. Okay, let's say, uh, concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. It was he he was talking to. He was talking to the church. But did he foresee that you will read it? No, Mm-mm. they never. Okay, let's now do one. The book of Acts. I like that book. The book of Acts and the book of Luke. The book of Acts was written to a single audience. An audience of one, Theophilus. Book of Acts was written to Theophilus. Oh, excellent Theophilus. Excellent Theophilus means he was a judge. And Luke was writing the book as a defense. 
So he said, ah, guy, calm down now. <laughs> he was writing the book as a defense for Paul. Look at Act 1. Let's do something. Let's, let, let, me, let me stretch your mind a bit. Let me stretch your mind a bit. Look at Act 1. Let's go to Act 1. How many of you are enjoying this? Oh, even if you don't enjoy it, was it? <laughs> Do you have a choice? Can you me? Me call. I slap you. Hey, look at it. Look at Act 12, verse 1. Act 12, verse 1. Let's see. Are we there? All right. It says the former three types. Tra- hey. Sister Concern, help me. The former treatise, have I made, O Theophilus, at 1 1, of all Jesus began to do, both to do and to teach. Favorite statement. Favorite best scripture. Now look at Luke 1. Let's go to Luke 1. So that's a glory. For all Jesus began to do and teach. Glory. Look at Luke 1. Now look at something. Let's look at Luke 1, verse 1. Don't forget who, who wrote, who is the author of the book of Acts and Luke? Luke, good. Look at verse 1. For as much as many have taken and to set forth in order a declaration of those things, we shall most surely believe among us. Look at verse 2. Even as they delivered them unto us from the beginning, were eyewitnesses and minister of the world. Look at verse 3. It seemed good to me also, having a bad, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mayest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So Luke was writing in defense to a judge. The fact that he used all excellent shows he was an esteemed person. So when we now go to Act 1, it says all the former traitors of which I have written, of what Jesus began to do and teach, that is this a continuation of the book of Luke. So the book of Luke is the continu- the book of Acts is the continuation of the book of Luke. Or the book of Acts is the book of Luke part 2. Are you getting this? Now, what was Luke's intention? You know, Luke was writing that to Theophilus, an audience of one. So, his intention was to defend the ministry of Jesus through the book of Luke and gradually progress to Paul. Because Luke was Paul's disciple. This is a background story I'm just giving you. And I, will, I trust that coming times I will explain this better. Luke was Paul's disciple. And don't forget, Paul has been put in prison. So, Luke was writing a defense for Paul. So the book of Acts was not a book of Art of the Apostles. It was a book for Paul, Peter and Paul, a comparison. That was why the first few chapters of the book of Acts, they were strong on Peter. Then the remaining was on Paul. Because his main goal for Luke was to reach Paul. We'll get there soon, someday, somewhere, somehow. So he was writing this as a defense. Now watch. He wrote it to an audience of who? One. Did he foresee that you and I today, January, what's today's day? January 9, 2020, will be holding the book? January 2021. We'll be holding the book? No. But in God's divine wisdom, 
We are holding it today and we are learning from it. Now, watch carefully. Somebody now say, we should write our own book. You can write your own. <laughs> are you getting me? Now, watch carefully. Watch carefully. So, the Bible was written not even foreseeing the utmost audience. The Bible did not foresee, or the writers of the Bible did not foresee the utmost audience. So when you and I will pick the scripture, how would we see ourselves? We will see ourselves as an audience of who the writer is writing to. That is one barrier you need to cross. So if we are reading to the church in Corinth, we must see ourselves like somebody who is in Corinth. You know, I used to tell you people this. Let's go back. Let's sit down like the first century Christian. Remember I used to say it. Let's sit down like the first century Christian who they did not even have the New Testament, who they were teaching the old. And let's sit down and let's lay like that. Are you following me? So, the best way we will learn, let's say we want to read Matthew, we will see ourselves seated like somebody who Jesus called on who is about to be believed. Are you following me? So, we need to have that on the back of our minds. Don't forget the writer and his intention. Remember, your own intention in 2021 will not be the intention of those audience then. Because they don't have aeroplane. Their own intention will not be aeroplane. Or blow blow. <laughs> or Mercedes Benz. Or iPhone. Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> or Bitcoin. Hey, Jesus. God of Bitcoin. <laughs> ah, he paid me. He still paid me. Somebody introduced me to Bitcoin many years ago. No, we can't move. <laughs> Let's stay. Somebody introduced me to Bitcoin maybe three to four years ago. I thought it was calm. MMM. Now, one Bitcoin is even more than Tesla. It's 41000 dollars Ah. Hey. My chest. Quickly speak it out for me. Stretch your hand though. <laughs> it's a serious thing. You don't know how much I'll be stocking that Bitcoin. <laughs> pray, 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 pray for me. You are always perishing. You best enjoy the life before you perish. <laughs> Bitcoin cannot perish yet though. Elliot Musk. <laughs> The guy is already foreseeing mass. You, you are still foreseeing bears. <laughs> you know, there's, there's this. When you want to go and preach to somebody like that now, the way you have to construct your, your interpretation has to change. You, are you getting it? <laughs> Praise God. Ah, mm. Low airports. Anyway, the writer and his intention. What will be the intention of those in those? So, are you seeing why history is good now? 
Because many at times, when we give you background story of, okay, you know, when I was teaching the Corinth, and I explained to you, I said, this is what was happening in Corinth, the commercial city, blah, 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 blah. You remember, I explained to you and I said, this is it. So that we can be among the intended audience and think like the intended audience. Are you seeing it now? Now, so you know, in their day, they will not have the issue of um, they will not have the issue of eh? they will not have COVID-19. They will not be wearing masks. But they will have their own problem. Maybe it will be COVID. COVID-1. COVID-1. <laughs> or COVID-1999. Or COVID-1999. Nine, 16, oh, 0, 11, 2 BC, COVID, 2 BC. They won't even have the language of COVID. That is why in the Old Testament they called it plague. So, you know, if somebody now to come and say COVID is of the devil now, you know the person's interpretation has gone somewhere. Because in Exodus there was something called plague. That was the best English they used to know it as. English has now evolved. Science has now evolved. That was why Joshua, they said Joshua stopped the sun. They stopped the moon. Which one did they say he stopped? The sun. No. They say he stopped the sun. But you know that geographically speaking, that statement was wrong. It could have been, he stopped, is it the moon? Or what is it? Something was shot wrong. He stopped the earth. He stopped the, something was shot wrong with the context of how they wrote it. In, in, in that place, because scientists has now grown to understand that okay, this is what is thought. Do you get it? Yes, sir. So now, the writer and this intention. What was the writer's intention when he was writing? You know, in our today, when we are writing things. Or you are reading things, your mind is thinking. Okay, how do I how do I make forty thousand dollars this for? How do I how do I forty thousand dollars? Jesus. <laughs> let's let's count down. Forty thousand. Sorry, I'm one bit one 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 bitcoin one forty that's if it has not even increased now because the lifetime I checked before I left the house is forty one thousand. It has dropped. Hey, thank God. Yeah, forty thousand. Wow. Let's continue. The Lord will help us. Bible interpretation. We are seeing. We are seeing Bible will not see us. We'll come back to that. Alright. <laughs> so the text and its construction. How was the text constructed? So when we consider fully every scenario, we are a third party. Reading from the outside. So the believer or the reader who did not have the benefit of that time to have a firm and clear grasp of the content and the causes of the test 
would have to paint the scenario. You have to paint the scenario. You have to ensure that you, you picture yourself there. You picture yourself like in the wilderness. You picture yourself like people that were on the salmon of the month. You picture yourself like Thomas, who said, Lord, let me check the hand. But that could this type of people. <laughs> Are you getting it? So, the Bible was written in words. <laughs> I just needed to say that in case some people don't know. The Bible was written in words. And it is expedient that the reader, it's expedient on the reader, sorry, to have an understanding of the words. That is why, honestly, E.W. Kenyon said, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to quote him verbatim because I've forgotten the way he said it, but he said something like this. There is something about the new creation that opens up his intelligence, something like that. I can tell you for a fact that the more you get accustomed to scriptures, is the more your mind is wild. Not wild as in wild, but your mind, your, your sense of reasoning is being developed. You must have an understanding of words. So the Bible was written in regular languages which make us use basic literary forms. We have to use literary text to understand the Bible. So in leading and understanding the Bible, literature must be appreciated. So congratulations, all of you that you have studied English, all of you that studied literature, all of you that studied something social science. No, no, no. <laughs> And all of you that studied the rest of the courses, empire your portion. <laughs> so, because it is we that understand this English language that we still have to explain to all of you, the scientists, how be God's wisdom. In the end, people used to think that doctors, nurses were the, were the best profession. Or without them, that they feel like they, can, they are the most brilliant people. <laughs> now, come to the Bible. <laughs> oh, see that land, rubbish people. <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm just joking. <laughs> Alright, so, the author, so you have to understand, that is why we have to, I don't know if you remember one time I was explaining mentonymy. Mentonymy, sir. Rot of God. Oh, God. Amen. Remember? Rot of God. I was explaining mentonymy. You will have. <laughs> I'm not in the mess school. <laughs> what is the mess school? Ah, Sister Concern. Alright. He said. So. Bible interpretation. Okay, now let me explain something to you. So don't forget, in reading and understanding the Bible text, 
forms of literatures must be considered. For instance, a dog in English language, when we say literally a dog in English language, we still mean a dog in the Bible, except it is a figure of speech. Just the same way I can say, favor is a good. Is favor a good? No. That's metaphor, right? So, but is she not a good? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the way we say so in the in the normal English language, when we say favor is a good, we know what we are saying. So when it comes to Bible two, and imagine they now put in maybe Joshua one verse two. Favor is a good. It will still mean the same. <laughs> Except it is not a figure of speech. The same way it was a figure of speech in English language is the same way it will be a figure of speech in Bible. Does it make sense to you? You know where some people now miss it. They just carry the Bible so literal. The canker worms are the cutter worms. We devour you if you not pay your tithe. Where is the canker worms today? We, okay, let's make canker worms. How many of you know canker worms? Is it all those termites? I mean, yeah. if it is a normal English something, they say canker worms, termites. Now, they will now take that part and say, no, it's not literal. It's figurative. The canker worm means the devil. Okay, why don't you take, you know, some people say, you sow a seed. You sow a seed. So you see, literally means go to the farm, plant something. Why did they not turn so a seed to figurative to money? Have you seen that some people are just dishonest? Some people are just dishonest with the Bible. So, three characters in interpretation. Let's see. Okay, let me explain something. Let me put something to you. The essence of Bible interpretation is to ascertain the meaning of the text. The essence of Bible interpretation is to ascertain the meaning of the text in spite of the time gone since their writing. The essence of Bible interpretation is to ascertain the meaning of a text in spite of the time gone since their writing. The essence of Bible interpretation is to ascertain the meaning of text in spite of the time gone since their writing. The essence of Bible interpretation is to ascertain the meaning of text in spite of the time gone in spite of time gone by since they are writing. So the interplay of the author, the text, and the reader must always be considered and all of those things. So now, three characters in interpretation. Three characters in interpretation. So we say, ah, wow, what's going on? 
Uh, this is exactly what is going on. Three characters in interpretation. <laughs> Number one, the author who is called an encoder. The author who is called an encoder is the maker of an act or speech. Number one, the author who is called an encoder is the maker of an act or speech. The author who is called an encoder is the maker of an act or speech. Number two, the text, also called the code, the statement itself. The text, also called the code, the statement itself. Yes, code, C-O-D. <laughs> also called the code, the statement itself. Number three, the reader. Also called the decoder. The reader. Also called what? The decoder. <laughs> I will come again. The number one, the author who is called an encoder he is the maker of the art of speech. Number two, the text, also called the code, the statement itself. Number three, the reader, also called the decoder. So, we should therefore ask ourselves what determines the meaning of a text? What determines the meaning of a text? What actually determines the meaning of a text? What does? What determines the meaning of a text? Before we understand that, what is the text? The church is a school, right? How many of you have missed Bible teachings? The church is a school, right? Alright. text is also called the code. Now, what is the text? The text is also called the code. The text is also called the code. The author employs the use of the text to communicate his intention or thoughts. The author employs the use of the text to communicate his intention or thoughts. I'll come again. The text is also called the code. The author employs the use of the text to communicate his intentions or thoughts. The text is also called the code. The author employs the use of the text to communicate his intention or thoughts. You know, the writer is not available. Let me tell you something. You know, the writer is not available to explain the meaning himself. Okay, let's say Moses is not available today now to explain what he wrote. Right? So that now leaves us with a problem. You know, who would be the best person to explain what he wrote down? Is it not the person that said it? Yes. 
or the person that wrote it down? Are, we, are you getting it? The person that wrote it down will be the best person to explain what he wrote. But now, the writer or the person that wrote it down is not available. All of them are dead. Every, day, every other God that dead and that dead. <laughs> they are dead and that dead. So that now leaves us with a problem. And we are left with the text. And the text will carry his thoughts. It will carry his meaning. And the meaning of the intended speaker. But now, there is now a problem that will now arise. And that's the semantic issue. I don't know if you have heard that statement before. Semantics. Why you? Semantics issue. Now, let's explain semantics. Semantics. S-E-M-A-N-T-I-C-X. S-E-M-A-N-T-I-C-S. Semantics. It is from an ancient Greek word called semantikos. Semantikos. Not pneumatic also, semanticos now. S E M A N T I K O S, semanticos. It means significant, the study of meaning. That's what it means. Significant, the study of meaning. The study of meaning. Significance, the study of meaning. Significance, the study of meaning. It focuses on the relation between the signifiers, like words, phrases, signs, and symbols, and what they stand for. So what it focuses is on phrases. It focuses on relation between. It focuses on relation between. Signifiers like words, phrases, signs, and symbols are what they stand for. That is what they denote, what do they mean? <clears throat> it's used for understanding human expressions through language. It's used for understanding human expressions through language. True language is another thing. Let me give you an example of semantics. Look at Philippians 2.6. Open your Bible story. Let me give you time. I'll come again. It means, it's from the Greek word called semanticos. It means significance, the study of meaning. It focuses on the relation between the signifier like words, phrases, signs, symbols, and what they stand for. That is, what they denote. An understanding of human expressions through language. Let me give you an example of semantics. Of semantics. Look at Philippians 2 verse 6. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians 2 verse 6. Philippians 2 verse 6. Philippians 2 verse 6. Philippians 2 verse 6. Who being in form of God, I would say, thought it not robbery 
to be equal with God. Now, let's, th- let's read it again. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That word, thought it not robbery, is semantics. That statement, thought it not robbery, it means to hold something that is not yours. Right? That's what it means. To hold something that is not yours. Now, watch carefully. Don't forget, I said, that statement, thought it not robbery, is semantics. It means to hold something that is not yours. The thought seem inappropriate in this text because it says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with growth? Have you seen that? It's like the words are somehow. Now, the Greek ranging of the text means to hold on to something. So he did not hold on to it anymore. That's the Greek ranging. That statement thought it not robbery. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In the Greek, the way it was rendered is old to hold on to something so that so he did not hold it on to it anymore. <laughs> so what he was doing, what semantic word is doing is that it is bringing a significance of meaning out. So for us to understand the meaning of that text, the writers will have to put it in such a way. And you see what I explained in the last track, in the last section we had about the use of the way they explain things. Semantics. Now, let's look, let's look at another example. Women, look at 1 Corinthians 14.34. 1 Corinthians 14.34. 1 Corinthians 13.34. 1 Corinthians 13.34. 1 Corinthians 13.34. First Corinthians 30, 34. Let your women. Oh, 14, 34, sorry. 14, 34. 1 Corinthians 14, 34. Let your women keep silent in churches. I notice that some things that feminists hate to hear and read. God is, God is in control. They say, the Bible is so misogynistic. misogynistic. The, Bible, the Bible does not have a good patriarchy system. Well, oh, calm down. Anyway, let your women keep silent in churches. For it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience as also said the law Look at verse 35. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it's a shame for the woman to speak in church. Now, that statement, women keeping silent, is the, is the semantics here. Now, look at it. The Greek word G-U-N-E is translated for women. And in this text, it is impregnated as wives. Actually, that text called women keeping silent should have been wives. G-U-N-E N-E in the original text. But the translators 
put it as women semantics. Are you seeing it? Bringing a significant out. The study of meaning. Explaining the meaning of something. But in the original, that should have been wise. Because in the real sense, it should be wives submitting to their husbands, right? And it's the wives that should keep silent, especially because the husbands has not given them permission to speak. Not that all women in general. Are you, get, are you getting this thing now? So that's semantics. Look at this. Look at another one issue. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. One. Just go to verse 1 on that same 1 Corinthians. We are seeing semantics here. It says, follow up that charity and desire spiritual gift, but rather that ye may what? Prophesy. That word rather is the semantics here. Rather in the contemporary English would imply to a complete refuser to desire anything but prophesy. You know when we say, I would rather do this. Let me explain to you. It's not like saying, I would rather sleep than, than eat. You know, when I say rather, it means a complete something I want to do and shave the other thing. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. When you say, I would rather, I would rather wear suit than wear anything. That shows I want to wear suit. So now, if that is you throw the others away. Do you get it? Now, so when it now says follow after charity and desire spiritual gift, but rather, you know, it's not saying that in, in the normal contemporary English in our today, it's looking like all you just want to do is I would rather just follow prophecy and throw others away. No, that's not what he's saying. That's semantics. Because in the Hebrew or in the Greek of that rabbi or that rather, that word rather is from the Greek word called malon. I've explained this to you before when I was teaching this. M-A-L-L-O-N M-A-L-L-O-N in the Greek M-A-L-L-O-N Malon It means more So instead of saying Instead of saying but rather It should mean much more That ye may prophesy Does it make sense to you? Does it make sense to you? Much more that ye may prophesy So it can also mean especially much more so that was a semantic issue. Do you understand semantics now? How the scripture was written. So you will have to check the text contextually. You have to check it well. Remember, remember what we were saying. Three characters in interpretation. Number one, the author, who is the encoder. The, number two, the text, which is the code. And the reader, which is the encoder. And we we'll say, what determines the meaning of a text? And we are explaining the text. And I explain to you that the text is called the code. And I say the author will employ the use of the text to communicate the intentions or the thoughts. Seeing the fact that the writer that wrote the text is not available. So it has left us with an issue to solve. Because we have to unravel the author's intention. We have to unravel why is this text written? Why is it like this? We have to unravel all of those things. And a big issue is the semantics. We will have to bring out the significance. That's why we are unraveling this. Alright, take it. Let's take a 10 minutes break. We'll come back.
the 10 minutes break, we'll come back.